Yo, this is Axel Rose of Guns N' Roses. Hey, this is Carmen Electra. Hi, this is Daryl Strawberry. What up, though? This is Big Snoop Deal Double G. Hi, this is Don Stallion. Hey, yo, Hulk Hogan here. What's up? This is Beyonce. I got a great show lined up for y'all. Hey, yo, yo, yo. Let's get this party started. The Sports Beat. You know what? Let's keep it hot. The Sports Beat is off the chain, man. Ah, yeah. The Sports Beat. Download the podcast now. You're listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. I am your host, Richard Holdridge, on a Monday morning as I try to break down the weekend and what a weekend it was in sports. Not a very good weekend for the state of Georgia. I will get into that later. We have a lot to talk about on the show, including the Los Angeles Dodgers punching their ticket to the World Series. The Atlanta Braves giving up a 3-1 series lead. The Dodgers win it in the seventh inning on a go-ahead home run by Cody Bellinger. We also have the University of Georgia playing an incredible first half and just could not keep it up in the second half. They lose to Alabama 40 one to 24 and the Falcons won it, that's the bright side in the state of Georgia but if you're an optimistic you're disappointed that they're not trying to tank for Trevor Lawrence but they get the win over the Minnesota Vikings 40 to 23 on the road and Raheem Morris gets his first victory as interim head coach but first I want to talk about game seven of the NLCS this is the farthest that the Braves have ever gone in the postseason since 2001 a lot of Braves fans watching this game Sunday night they'd rather watch this game than the 49ers Rams. I actually was watching both. The Atlanta Braves, Ian Anderson started on the mound. The Braves took a 2-0 lead. Things seemed like they were going very smoothly. Then Will Smith gets a two-run RBI and the game is tied. And then the Braves have a chance. They have a chance for a big inning. Austin Riley gets an RBI single. And all of a sudden, the Braves have runners at second and third with no outs. And they get into a double play. The base running blunder by Austin Riley was costly. Ozzy Albies getting tagged out by Justin Turner. And I was disappointed with the Braves base running blunder that could have opened up this game. You're asking a lot for the Braves going seven straight days without top-notch starting pitching. They had Max Freed, Ian Anderson pitched pretty good. They have some rookie pitchers, but they don't have any top-notch starters. Neither did the Dodgers, but you were asking a lot. The Braves going into the bottom of the sixth inning have a 3-2 lead. The whole time when I was watching this game, I was thinking to myself, get more runs. Put this thing away. You do not want to have a one-run lead going into these innings. The Dodgers have bats that come alive, and we saw in this game one swing of the bat. Kiki Hernandez ties it in the bottom of the sixth, and then Cody Bellinger with the bat flip. I know if you you're a baseball purist. I know you don't like the bat flip, and that doesn't sit well with Braves fans. A lot of Braves fans just do not like the Dodgers, especially with the postseason woes from 2013 to 2018. It is so tough. And when I was watching that game, I just felt the pain. I felt that the Braves were not going to be able to win this because all the momentum in that game flipped when the Dodgers got that go-ahead home run. The Braves had their chances, but when you have the when you have players at the top of the lineup that are swinging at the first pitch. It's not going to get the job done. One thing that's great about the Dodgers is they have disciplined players and they were working the counts on the Braves relievers. Players like Max Muncy, Justin Turner, Corey Seager. Corey Seager had a big series. He had five home runs. He broke the NLCS record for the Dodgers. The Dodgers were supposed to win this series. They were the better team. They're going to make 
their World Series. They're going to make it to the World Series three times in four years. The Braves' future is bright for 2021. You're going to get Soroka back. They could possibly get some more pitching in there. And I feel the experience in the postseason for these young pitchers like Ian Anderson, Bryce Wilson, and Kyle Wright will do them wonders for next season. Christian Pache is just a rising star. He is going to only get better. They need to re-sign Marcelo Zuna. The Braves will be back. The narrative this morning talking about this Georgia sports curse. I don't think it's a Georgia sports curse that much. I just feel that they have so many heartbreaking losses in the state of Georgia where we want to immediately go to the conclusion, oh, the Georgia sports are cursed. I'm going to talk about the Georgia-Alabama game. Alabama wins 41-24 to over the University of Georgia. And in that first half, Georgia had a great game plan. Stetson Bennett was in the pocket. He was doing what he was supposed to do. Georgia was running the football. Zamir White, five yards a carry. They were running it whenever they wanted to. Alabama was getting some big plays, but Georgia's defense held serve by settling, by allowing Alabama to settle for field goals. They exchanged two turnovers in the beginning of the game. Richard LeCount had an interception. And then Stetson Bennett, wish he was a little bit taller, but those tip passes are just killers. Had a tip pass and Alabama got the ball back. It sounds familiar because it happened in the national championship with Rick One Davis. This Alabama team, they were down 20. 24 to 17, and then with about 20 seconds, they got into field goal range, and Alabama's kicker booted a 52-yard field goal. That's unheard of for an Alabama kicker. And they were only down 24 to 20 in, they were only down 24 to 20 at halftime. This is the third game that Kirby Smart has had a lead on Nick Saban at halftime. Nick Saban, who was on the sidelines because he tested negative for coronavirus, that was the difference in the game. Nick Saban is the greatest halftime adjuster in college football, and it showed. Alabama came out aggressive. Georgia had the football. They played a little bit conservative. I wanted Georgia to try to get a double-digit lead on Alabama. That 90-yard pass to Jalen Waddell was huge, and that completely flipped the momentum in the game. Stetson Bennett throws an interception. It was a tip pass. Alabama gets it back, and they capitalized on the turnovers by Georgia. Georgia committed three turnovers. Alabama scored touchdowns on all three turnovers. That was the big difference in the game, and Georgia just didn't have anything left in that second half. Stetson Bennett throws another interception. Is it over for Stetson Bennett? I feel that they need to go to JT Daniels. You're not going to get in a shootout with Alabama. Mac Jones is an efficient quarterback. Alabama still putting 41 points on the best defense in college football. They are clearly one of the best teams in college football, even though Clemson held serve to the number one ranking. Bama is Bama, and Georgia is close. They played a very close game. It was an exciting game in that first half, and I feel these two teams will be back in the SEC title game. Georgia falls to number five in the rankings. I honestly feel that this will be the only loss in Georgia's season. They do have some tough games. I feel Florida going to South Carolina. They got some tough games, but we'll see how it goes for the University of Georgia as next week they will take on Kentucky and Alabama will take on Tennessee. So hopefully Stetson Bennett is still going to be the quarterback, but I really want to see this JT Daniels kid. He's a five-star recruit for a reason. He played very well at USC until he got injured. Congratulations to the Atlanta Falcons for getting their first victory of the season and the first victory for interim coach Raheem Morris. They defeat the Minnesota Vikings 40-23. Matt Ryan throws for four touchdowns and he silences the critics. Kirk Cousins throws three interceptions. Where has this team been all year? The Falcons from start to finish, they had a 33-7 lead and they held on to the lead. And I don't know if it's coaching. I don't know if they're playing hard for the interim coach 
or it's, it could be the return of Julio Jones back in the lineup. But if they could turn this thing around, they got three more easy wins. They go, they have to play Detroit, they got to play Carolina, and they got to play Denver. If they could go into that Saints game at four and five, and if they have a chance to beat the Saints, I say give the job to Raheem Morris. If he can get the Falcons to at least nine and seven, it's his job, and he needs to be the head coach for next year. Make no mistake about it. The Falcons have talent. Matt Ryan is a good quarterback. Todd Gurley is showing signs that he still is a good running back. Hayden Hurst, not a drop-off from Austin Hooper last year. A good tight end. The scheme, the, the game plan, the effort, it was all there. And they will take on the Detroit Lions next week at home. So their favorite. Their favorites in that game. The Lions actually showed something. They defeated Jacksonville. Former Georgia running back DeAndre Swift had two touchdowns in that game. I'm looking forward to seeing that game next week. So it's not all that bad in the state of Georgia. Of course, to add insult to injury, Atlanta United dropped a one-mil game to Toronto FC, hurting their playoff chances in, in Major League Soccer. Georgia Tech got blown out by Clemson, 73-7. to Where do I start with this Georgia sports curse? I said in the beginning, I don't think that Georgia is cursed. I feel that they have a lot of heartbreaking losses. If you look at the national championship, if you look at the Super Bowl, you look at blowing this 3-1 series lead over the Dodgers, what are the similarities to all those games? They're playing teams they're not supposed to beat. So when you have a good game plan and you don't finish, it really hurts because you think that you're capable of winning the game. And with the Braves blowing the 3-1 series lead over the Dodgers, they just ran out of pitchers. You can't expect these rookie pitchers seven straight days. You're in a bubble and there's no days off. You can't get Max Fried back out there on three days rest. You, they don't have pitchers past Max Fried and Ian Anderson that are capable of going the distance, going seven innings, eight innings. When you have an ace on the mound, you have a guy that you can expect to go into the seventh and eighth inning. And they would have had that with Soroka. They would have had that with Cole Hamels, but they didn't. And they blew a 3-1 series lead to a Dodgers team that was very talented, that was expected to get to the World Series. I'll preview the World Series later in the show because it's a very interesting, it's got some intriguing matchups. But I want to talk about this Georgia sports curse because there is no Georgia sports curse. I honestly feel that. I just feel that people want to write the narrative when Georgia has another heartbreaking loss. They want to get on the air and talk about, oh, think about 28 to three in the Super Bowl, the national championship when Georgia blew the 20 to seven lead, the 28 to 14 lead in the 2018 SEC title game. Last year, game five of the division series as the Cardinals were up 10 nothing in the first inning. This year with game three, when the Dodgers beat the Braves 15 to three. And then now when the Braves had a two nothing lead, and a 3-2 lead going into the sixth inning. The home run to tie it, and then the home run to win it. And now the narrative has been written, and Braves fans are just hurting this morning, and it is hard to actually come on the air and talk about Georgia sports. Look, I'm not gonna say the future is bright. There is a lot of talent in the state of Georgia, and they just gotta find ways to close games. That's all. The Falcons did it, and they did a pretty good job today. And they, the Falcons did it, and they, they did a pretty, the Falcons did it, and they did a pretty good job yesterday. All right, we did have some action in the National Football League last night, and starting with the Sunday night game, of course, I had two devices going. I was watching the Braves and Dodgers in game seven. I was also watching the Sunday night game, the Rams and the 49ers. The 49ers get a victory 24 to 16 over their division opponent, 
and they are now three and three, and they are back in this thing. Kyle Shanahan, what a great coaching job he did, making sure that Jimmy Garoppolo does not do too much. He had a great game plan. Aaron Donald was a non-factor. The offensive line held serve, and they had some great running plays. The key was the 49ers got a lead early, and he allowed Jimmy Garoppolo to do things that he is used to doing, the bubble screens, just the short drop back passes, not staying too long, more than three seconds in the pocket. And he did not get sacked at all. He had three touchdown passes. He turned things around. He's going to be the quarterback going forward. And I cannot wait till next week's game. Kyle Shanahan going up against Bill Belichick. Two head coaching geniuses going up against each other. The New England Patriots did lose their second straight game as they lost to the Broncos. I'm not sure what's going on there. And Bill Belichick does not lose three straight. So I think he'll bounce back and beat the 49ers next week. The Cleveland Browns were a non-factor against the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Browns are the most hyped team. They were going into this game 4-1, and one, beating their chest. Baker Mayfield, he's a star. He's got the commercials. And the Steelers proven that they are still a great run organization. They are a great NFL franchise that has their head on straight. And they defeated the Browns 38-7. to And the Steelers are now 5-0. and Are you buying the Steelers as one of the best teams in all of football? I think so. They've proven something. Their defense shut down Baker Mayfield, Kareem Hunt, all the weapons that the Browns have. And the Steelers have proven that they're still the top of the class in the AFC North. The Baltimore Ravens defeat the Philadelphia Eagles. They're 5-1. The Eagles almost came back in that game. Carson Wentz had a touchdown and then failed on a two-point conversion. It would have tied the game. A good effort there by the Eagles. And the Titans are 5-0. They have a big win over the Houston Texans, 42-36 in overtime. Derrick Henry rushes for more than 200 yards. You have the Detroit Lions getting a big win over Jacksonville, 34-16. They'll play the Falcons next week. Of course, the marquee matchup was Tom Brady going up against Aaron Rodgers. And it wasn't even close. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers defeat the Green Bay Packers 38-10, giving the Packers their first loss of the season. And Tom Brady outduels Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers gets throws for two pick sixes. And it was just a disaster for Aaron Rodgers. And I know that the Packers on the road, they're not the same team as that team in Lambeau. And that Tampa Bay defense was wrecking Aaron Rodgers all day. Tom Brady throws for two touchdowns. Ronald Jones rushed for 113 yards and two touchdowns. And Rob Gronkowski gets his first touchdown as a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. The Buccaneers are 4-2. and two, And they have a very interesting Sunday night football game next week as they will travel to Las Vegas to take on the Raiders. John Gruden going up against Tom Brady. I'm looking forward to that. So the Green Bay Packers, are they still the best team in the NFC? I don't think they are anymore. I think that they're now an ordinary team that has flaws. And I think they're in trouble when they go on the road and they take an elite they take on an elite defense. Of course, we have a doubleheader tonight. We have the Kansas City Chiefs going up against the Buffalo Bills, and we have the Arizona Cardinals taking on the Dallas Cowboys. Very intriguing matchups. So on Tuesday night, we have game one of the 2020 World Series. It will be the Tampa Bay Rays going up against the Los Angeles Dodgers. And this is an intriguing matchup because you have two cities going up against each other. One city won the Stanley Cup, the Tampa Bay Lightning. The other city, Los Angeles, the Lakers won the NBA title. After the World Series, we're going to have a city with two 
major sports championships. That's pretty cool. You have a payroll with 190 million. You have a payroll with 40 million. They are very similar teams. And obviously I'm gonna be rooting for the Tampa Bay Rays because as a Giants fan, as a, as a Braves fan, I do not like the Dodgers. What can I say? Just not a fan. But the Los Angeles Dodgers do make it to the World Series three times in four years. As many know, they went to the 2017 and 2018 World Series where they lost to the Astros and Red Sox respectively. And the window is starting to close for the Dodgers who have been a dominant regular season team for the past decade. With all the homegrown talent they have, they should be the favorites to win the World Series. But the Tampa Bay Rays who beat the Yankees, they had a three nothing series lead on the Astros and the Astros came all the way back to tie it and they won game seven. So the Tampa Bay Rays are resilient. I'm looking forward to this matchup, but I think the Dodgers are gonna win this and, and win their first World Series since 1988. So this weekend, we're going to have some big college football games. It will be the return of the Big Ten. The marquee matchup that everybody wants to see is Nebraska and Ohio State. Ohio State is ranked fifth. It'll be the debut of Justin Fields. And of course, Notre Dame is ranked third. They will travel to Pittsburgh. Michigan will take on Minnesota. So it's great having the major conferences back. Pac-12 will return in a couple weeks. And we'll get a big We'll get a better picture of what this college football season is going to look like in the rankings with Ohio State being ranked and they haven't even played a game yet. You have North Carolina that lost to Florida State. Do you think they were ranked too high? I think they were and they drop in the rankings. Notre Dame hangs on for a very close victory over Louisville and they are now ranked third. Georgia drops all the way to four in some of the polls and they drop all the way to five in others. And Georgia's still great team and with one loss. But it looks like it's going to be Alabama and Clemson. Once again, the two top teams in college football. You got to give credit to Clemson's coaching staff for still having Brent Venables as their defensive coordinator. Dabo Sweeney has built up that program. It's not just Trevor Lawrence. They have just great defensive players, great offensive players everywhere, constantly sending people to the NFL. And I can't explain why Alabama does it because Nick Saban loses assistance every year. That's all the time I have on the show. I want to thank all my listeners. Make sure that you download my podcast and listen to my podcast wherever you get your podcast. And I hope that everybody has a great day. Make sure you're practicing social distancing and I will talk to you tomorrow. Bye. You've been listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdry. We invite you to download and subscribe. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Google Cast, Stitcher, iTunes, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Thanks for listening. Feel free to share with your friends and family. This has been the Sports Beat with your host, Richard Holdry. Produced in Columbus, Georgia. Extra production provided by J.D. Matthews. All opinions stated herein are those of the host and do not represent the opinions of Anchor Podcasts. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved.